Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo, and the Warriors season is over. They have lost the series to the Los Angeles Lakers. They lost at Staples Crypto, whatever it's called, 122-101 in a really, really just rough, like rough game to watch. You know, I was texting with uh, some friends on a group text that we have that's strictly about the Golden State Warriors. And I was like, oh man, it would be awful. Can you just imagine if this was actually a blowout? Because we'd seen some of these games in the series and then also in the playoffs in general be blowouts. And I was like, no, that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But it was. It was. And real quick, I will just say that two things that I worried about the most, my concerns going into this one, uh, not so much Andrew Wiggins and his uh, broken rib or whatever, or Jordan Poole finding his mojo. The two things were Steph Curry's legs, how, how much he would have left in them in this game. And then Clay Thompson forcing, trying to force game six Clay to make an appearance. And both of those things were legit concerns because they pretty much <laughs> uh, came true, right? Steph, his legs, uh, I mean, he's been carrying this team for so long. And the fact that they have played. What, this is their seventh game with only one day off since game seven against the Kings in the first round. And he'd been carrying them. He'd played a lot of minutes. He's 35. And that stuff affects you on your jumper, right? He was hitting twos. He was hitting uh, layups, getting to the cup a lot of the series. But you could see it, especially in the past few games, that his percentages from three were dwindling. And... You would hope, you know, somebody else would step up in this one and no one else really could or did. Clay Thompson, love Clay, but, you know, as soon as he missed his first few shots, I was like, oh man, it's going to be one of those. It's going to be one of those. Sure, there was hope maybe that he would be able to just catch fire and hit like six threes in a row or something, but you just knew he was pressing early on and the Warriors honestly they looked really really flat considering the stakes think back to game five and the fire and the aggressiveness that Draymond Green had and just like overall I know it's on the road right but like where where was that you know the Warriors as a team they just kind of looked like they were going through the motions and it was reflected in the fact that they got down by 17 in the first quarter. And I was like, whoa, this is how they're going to go out. This is how the dynasty is going to peter out. But give it up. They, you know, caught up to some extent. They could never get too close. They ended the first quarter only down by five, which was a minor miracle. And then they were down by seven at the end of the second. And then uh, Clay aired out a three 
left a few seconds on the clock. Austin Reeves got it, shot it from just beyond half court. And it it looked good from the moment it left his hands. I'll be honest, right? Like it just felt like it was going in and that put the Warriors down 10. So instead of this kind of minor victory where it's like, hey, we didn't play well. And, you know, in the second quarter, we only lost that quarter by two points. It was like, all of a sudden you're down by 10 and everyone's gassed. Everyone is physically, mentally, look like emotionally gassed. I mean, Jordan Poole, I don't even know where to begin with him. Everybody was hoping for some kind of like, oh, Jordan Poole's going to have like a Jordan Poole game. He's going to make it back. But, you know, he's facing a lot right now in terms of like uh, his game is off. His shot is off. His mental is off. So being who he is, I didn't think he'd all of a sudden have like some crazy good game. I wasn't counting on that. And with Wiggins being hurt, you know, Hey, great effort going out there. LeBron James definitely tested that chest of his, that rib, by taking Wiggins into the low post and like banging his arm into him and stuff. And, you know, Wiggins gave it a shot, but he wasn't his normal self. In 28 minutes, he was two for eight, 0 for three from three, only two rebounds, two assists, uh, six points only. I mean, valiant effort just to be out there, I guess. But, not enough. Steph, 39 minutes, 11 for 28, only 4 of 14 from 3. Uh, hit all six of his free throws. Six boards, five assists, 32 points. Clay, 38 minutes, 3 for 19, 2 for 12, uh, 3 boards, 5 assists, 8 points. So that's just gross. I think that might be the worst game of Clay Thompson's career, all things considered. Right. He's probably had worse shooting games, but in the playoffs, in an elimination game in his hometown, trying to impress <laughs> friends, family, whoever is there, just, you know, the team that he grew up rooting for in their gym and just to lay like a massive egg in a game that is supposed to be like his game six. Uh, I like I said, I worried that he would be pressing too hard and, and he did. You know, he did. But honestly, like the whole team was just out of it 100% completely. And it's a bummer, but it's not surprising, right? Like we had hoped they would win because of who they are and what they've accomplished and where they've been. But we also knew they could definitely lose because of this past season, who they are, who they've been in these playoffs when they've been so limited in terms of the rotation when they've played so many minutes and fought so hard only to come up short in the previous two games in LA. I mean, games three and four, those should haunt the Warriors because each of those games were games that they should have, would have, could have had. You know, again, game three, they were up by what, uh, 11 or something in the second quarter and let the rope slip and all just came undone. And then in game four, they went into the fourth with a seven-point lead, and they just had to play well and focused, and they lost that lead in a few minutes, and then it just – that went to hell. So, you know, it's not surprising, right? Like, all season long, this team has been woefully inconsistent, and there's so much, like, 
I guess, blame to go around. I'm not going to start that here because it's all too fresh and too raw, as they say. But, you know, this whole season has been just really, really odd. You know, I'm going to do an episode or two. It might require more than that to really, really just get perspective on this season and where that blame lies and what went wrong and where it could have been better and where this team goes from here but that's not right now the one thing that i do want to talk about and again like i'm not trying to pile on clay thompson and jordan pool but you know to me some of this is about you know season-long accountability right like we saw jordan pool getting that contract at the beginning of the season after getting punched by draymond green and draymond green right like the warriors didn't suspend him because Clay and the vets, they voted that they wanted him there for ring night, right? Like if he got suspended for game one, then he wouldn't have been there. So, you know, no accountability there in a lot of people's eyes. But then with Jordan Poole just on the court, right? Like he's had his ups and downs and it does feel that while Steve Kerr has a short leash for other young dudes, and I understand that Jordan Poole performed really well in the playoffs, for a few rounds last season. Uh, Not all the rounds, but a few of them. But Jordan Poole was allowed to play trash defense all season long. He was allowed to just turn the ball over nonstop. And yeah, Steph was injured a couple times this season. So that's, you know, what else are you going to do if you're Steve Kerr? But I mean, it feels like no one (laughs) emphasized how to play defense to Poole. You know what I mean? And those kinds of things like playing loose, wild, irresponsible, uh, without focus. And if you don't rein that in somehow, then as I've said throughout the season, these are the habits that you have. And then when you put those into the postseason, oh, it's not good enough. Guess what? His defense isn't good enough because no one emphasized to him or pulled him from the game if he was playing poor defense most of the time. Right. So what do you expect him to do? He's going to go out there and just do what he does, play Matador defense. Uh, and then Clay, love Clay. Okay. I'm, this is not an indictment of Clay's career or anything that he's done and what he's come back from with those injuries. But again, all season long, Clay, Clay's played well. Right. But there have been times where he's hunted his shot a little too much, try to like force things and make it happen. And this is a little bit of what happened tonight. And it's tough because, right, like you need Clay to take shots tonight because who else is going to score, right? Because <laughs> Wiggins is hurt. <laughs> Poole is, yeah, I mean, he looks like he forgot how to play basketball at times. So, you know, it is what it is. But yeah, the habits of Clay just taking bad shots. And that's what you get early on. So it is what it is, but as I've said, and if you've listened to this podcast, the habits that the Warriors have had, I always felt like, you know, during the regular season, as we were getting close to the postseason, the Warriors were trying to fight to avoid the play-in. It was like, oh, let's just get into the postseason. And and I said that. I was like, who can beat the Warriors in a seven-game series? And I just want to see what happens. I want to see a good show. And for the most part, we did, uh, but we saw the limits of what that show could be. And to me, 
I've said many times though that these non-championship habits, right? Like these poor habits that the Warriors have developed during the season, when they show up, it's 10 times magnified in the playoffs, right? Because all you need is maybe a couple of these trash games to cost you a series. And that's exactly what we got, right? I won't really count game one, but if you look at game three, you could look at game four. And I mean, this one, they just look gassed, but you know, there were things that didn't go right in this one either. So they kicked a couple games and that's where it happens, right? I don't think the Lakers are a great team. I just think that they took advantage of where the Warriors were vulnerable. And when the Warriors gave them opportunities to steal games from them, the Lakers did it and credit to the Lakers, you know, and, you know, I'm assuming as smart and as uh, savvy of a veteran that LeBron is, he knows this Warriors team. He sees these tendencies with them and it's like kicking a couple of games. This is exactly what worried me the most about this Warriors team overall was that, okay, sure. Once you flip the switch, but like they flipped the switch during the season and then would shut it right off. So again, not so much the case in this one because they just got beat because they were lifeless, but you know, games three and four, those were the ones that, oh, okay. Those bad habits are the ones that cost you. This team should have been up, you know, it should have definitely been up. They should have gotten one of those games no matter what. And they didn't, you know, they could have left LA tied two, two and gone back to SF and gotten the fifth game. And they should have been up three, two, right. Should have, would have, could have, doesn't matter. Uh, but you know, that, that at this point is neither here nor there. It's fascinating to me because, you know, I always talk about the three things that the regular season is for, for a team like the Warriors, right? It's like, one, the most important thing is to be healthy for the postseason. Uh, two is uh, seating, standings, all that stuff. And then three is having your supporting cast and the new guys, whether they be young dudes or, uh, you know, new to the team, veterans or whatever like that, getting them ready for the bright lights of the postseason. And that worked last year, right? <laughs> it did not work this season because Steve Kerr didn't play Moses Moody all year long. So he didn't get him ready for the bright lights, but then he ended up playing him and he played well. You know, credit to Moody. That was great to see. But imagine how good he could have been if Moody had actually played as many minutes as, I don't know, Anthony Lamb all year long and was allowed to play through things. You know, John Kaminga, the breakout guy of the team this past season, it's like gone, gone. And some of that, of course, is on Kaminga. But like, hey, <laughs> you played this guy all year long and he was the most athletic dynamic dude on the team and he couldn't get on or stay on the court. So there's some kind of disconnect there. And then Jordan Poole, again, like the accountability thing, you did not prep him to play in the postseason because he was allowed to just do whatever he wanted in the regular season. And then you punished him for that in the postseason. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, 
a lot of this stuff is off kilter, but there is so much, so much to discuss about this past season. And then moving forward, right? Bob Myers, is he going to want to stick around? Does Joe Lacob want to spend to keep this core together? Does Draymond Green opt in? Does Clay Thompson really, really think he can get a max contract with the Warriors or anywhere else? Because for both those guys, Clay and Draymond, like the Warriors are the best team for them in terms of just fit and what they'll probably get paid elsewhere, right? Like Draymond's value to the Warriors way more than any other team, especially at this point in his career. So unless uh, he leaves for the same amount the Warriors offer him or or less than that out of spite, uh, then, you know, I don't know what the move is for him. And then other guys, right? Like the lone guy that we know will still be here no matter what is Steph. And then do you move Jordan Poole? I mean, his value is tanked compared to what it was a year ago. Do you move Moses Moody because, oh, great, now all of a sudden you've pumped his value back up. Uh, do you consider moving Kaminga? Again, if you've listened to this podcast, I think he's going to be uh, one of the Warriors' top two players in a couple of years. So I don't want that. But at this point, like, what does this team look like? What direction is it going in? And it's funny, right, because these uh, – apocalyptic dynasty thoughts. They've been around for a long time, right? Because there were questions of if this team doesn't make the playoffs, if it doesn't make the postseason at all, if it gets stuck in the play-in and loses in the play-in, or after they, you know, got beat in the first couple of games and then Draymond got uh, suspended for game three against the, uh, the Kings. Like it was over then. And then it was over after they, choked in game six against the Kings. And then uh, they won game seven in sack. And then it was over after game four in this Lakers. So like these thoughts have been around. We all know that this is what is coming, but you know, it was always like, Oh, if they make it to the second round, do they keep it together? You know, if they lost in the first round, maybe blow it up. If you, lose, if you don't make the playoffs, maybe you blow it up. But where do they have to have gotten? Is this far enough for Joe Lacob to want to keep it whole? I don't know. I don't know. Because clearly something with this roster's construction is not working and is not right. Like Clay, again, love Clay, but like what can you get from him dependably? And, you know, it's tough. <laughs> when you have Steph and then Clay and Poole are supposed to be these great scorers, great shooters, and they can't give you much in this series. Clay had one good game. And it's tough, right? Because <laughs> there was that point in the second half where the Warriors, they got within 11. They cut the lead to 11. And then Clay, he could have washed it all the way, washed the previous few quarters before that away if he had just hit that three and cut it to eight, but he missed. And before you knew it, the lead was back to 15 and then to 18. And then time is running out. Hope is running out, you know, and then everybody's just gassed and it's over, you know, that's a shame. That's a shame. But anyway, these are all just instant reactions. Uh, fascinating season, a lot to, 
unpack a lot to decompress on and take a couple of days to think on that and talk to a couple other folks about what that was like because it was such a such a weird season man such a weird season in a way you know i'm obviously really bummed it's over because i wanted to see the good version of this warriors team how far they could go but you just knew that again you are who you are and the warriors are a really good team when they're on but they're just inconsistent enough and they have enough bad habits to flash those moments that will cost them games and they got past it because of an amazing Steph performance in game seven against the Kings. But then in this one, you know, they show their true selves twice at least and, you know, dug their own grave in that respect. But, you know, it's a bummer, but (laughs) in a way it's kind of nice to put this ridiculous season behind us, right? Move on to the next and uh, we'll go from there. But anyway, thank you for tuning in this season. The NBA is, if you didn't know already, a year-round thing. So these episodes, while they won't be tied to games or they won't be like game recaps or anything like that, they will still be coming because the off-season is going to be way more interesting than the mediocre back-and-forth regular season we just had. So whether it's what this roster, what this front office, what the coaching staff is going to look like, the draft coming up, free agency trades, all that stuff. It's going to be wild. So uh, yeah, don't forget to tune in, subscribe, and tell all your fellow warrior friends to tune in. Thanks. All right. Well, that is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick E. Pino or at Oakland Warriors. Check out our YouTube channel where you can watch this episode, youtube.com slash Oakland Warriors. Check us out at oaklandwarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society. And if you're so inclined, please do leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you want to leave us a nice review saying good stuff about the show on Apple Podcasts, that would be hugely, hugely appreciated and it would be very, very helpful. Thanks. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time, and go Dubs. Go Dubs.